Mike Staley Podcast. FFF episode 1526-1526. I am your host, Michael Matthews. And you know what? I was thinking last night how the vice president goes by Mike Pence. Not Michael Pence, but Mike Pence. And you know, I kind of like that. I may not be a complete fan of Mike Pence. I think he's sort of like if George W. Bush and Mike's Daily Podcast Dan Quayle had a baby together, they would it would be Mike Pence. But yeah, so my name's Mike and Mike's Daily Podcast. That's the name of this show, broadcasting from Cafe Anyway, located somewhere in Podcastro Valley, Montu Day, and I have all kinds of people stopping by. We got John Deere, the engineer, Shelly Shuhart, Floyd, the floor man, and why are you Mike's Daily Podcast listening to this podcast? Why? Because you want to be informed, entertained, and there was a little bit of extra time, so you thought you'd kill it with Mike, so that's what this show is called, Killing It With Mike. (laughs) No. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. The, well, wow, this paper's completely empty. What are we going to talk about? Oh, hey, I forgot to mention yesterday was Basil the Boxer's adoption day. I adopted him. Look who just walked in eight years ago yesterday. Isn't that nice? Basil the Boxer. Look who walked in. Hello, Mike Matthews. It's Shelly. It's too hard to get chefs here, Pfizer. Basil the Boxer is a wonderful dog, and he's like really nice. He is really nice. He doesn't bark a lot. He's only bitten one person, and that's me on accident. Oh, wait. Did he bite somebody else once? Yes, but pff, who cares? And look who else walked in. Oh, Mike, this is Floyd the Floorman. And this is John Deere, the engineer. I've told Kim Jong-un to stop making nuclear weapons. <laughs> yeah, he's making lots of nuclear weapons, and he has a button, and so... Or as somebody I know says, button. It's button! You gotta put the emphasis on the butt. And that <clears throat> phrasing. And that is what we have on the. Where'd it go? And here's today's podcast picture. Oh, I lost my phrasing button. Phrasing? Oh, there it is. Oh my gosh, no way. Oh my god, no way! And yeah, the Russians helped Trump win. America elected Donald Trump. And yeah, the Russians helped. And yeah, the podcast picture is of Basil the Boxer. When we were over at... The, now, this is warmer days. When we were over at the Bay. Uh, it's, I think this is San Leandro Hayward. Somewhere in that particular area. Around the Hayward Regional Shoreline. And he was barking at the waves. He loves to bark at the waves. And so, the adoption day was yesterday. Eight years ago, my then wife said to me, Hey... I want a dog. And so we hopped in the... Oh man, I've got this nice guy that I work with who keeps giving me... He informs me if there's gigs in the San Francisco radio market that I should apply for. Isn't that nice of him? He doesn't need to do that. Well, shoot. We all need friends like that, don't we? 
I, I had just gotten let go from my job in Alabama and I was sleep, sleeping sound asleep and all of a sudden the phone rings and this guy's like, Mike, there's a job opening in Mississippi. Go get it. And I was, no, no, not Mississippi. Alabama, I'm okay with, but not Mississippi. Huh? That makes no sense. But yeah, so the podcast picture is of that. And my then wife was, I want this dog. So we hopped in our car and drove all the way to Fresno to get Basil the Boxer. That's where he came from was Fresno. He was on Craigslist. And my wife at the time really wanted a Brindle Boxer. And I was, oh God, I don't want a dog. They, they, there's so much work. Oh, what am I? I just, I don't want, I don't want this. And Basil walks in and we see him and I'm, wow, this dog's really nice. And he gets in the car and immediately we're bonded. It's from then on, we were, we were family, dog owner family. So yeah, and I, I would say that if you are someone who like likes to walk, someone who likes the great outdoors, there's nothing better than having a dog because you can really go and enjoy the great outdoors with your pup, and 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 they bring you so much happiness. But back to what were we getting back to? The, the you know just the world. It's interesting, isn't it? Today we've got this Kim Jong. Un thing going on. We've got this sauna, Amanti Lagazuoi, in Italy. I think that's how you say that. Uh, Rose McGowan has a documentary that's going to be coming soon, where she's the subject of a documentary TV series on E. Of course, is it really a documentary when it's on E? It Citizen Rose. It'll coincide with the release of her memoir called Brave. I want to see you be brave for more episodes. Four more episodes will air in the spring. She helped open a national public discussion about sexual harassment and abuse. And of course, we've got to thank the New York Times for doing their in-depth reporting about it. Uh, When she accused Hollywood mogul Harvey Weinstein of raping her. Weinstein has repeatedly denied allegations of non-consexual sex. By the way, Rose also, she I think this was over a year ago, she talked about how when she was going to be in an Adam Sandler movie how they said, okay now if if you want to be in this movie, you're going to have to show a lot of skin and you're going to have to wear this kind of a skimpy dress and that kind of thing. There was all these stipulations to be in a stupid Adam Sandler movie. With the documentary, Rose says she hopes to amplify my message of bravery, art, joy, and survival, and to show how we can heal through art even when being hounded by evil. And she will be the executive producer of this. Yesterday, I finished watching the Doctor Who show, the one, the newest one, the Christmas one, where he is... uh, where he regenerates, actually. He becomes a woman. He becomes Jody Whittaker. Oh, that was the Matt Smith years. That's the theme from that one. Dun, dun, dun. 
Okay. That little thing. Doesn't it sound like one of those things you used to have as a kid that was a big tube and you'd spin it around and you'd go, you'd spin it over your head, you'd have to move it around really fast. And so this was the, the last scene and he's, Peter Capaldi is, I've got a few things to say to you. He's trying to talk to the upcoming doctor because he's, first. he knows he's going to turn into an, never be cruel, never be cowardly, new doctor. And never the doctor hates pears. Did you know that? The doc Doctor Who hates pe pears? Hate is always foolish. Yes, hate is foolish. Is always wise. Peter Capaldi had this sort of, uh, what do you call it? Doc, doc Brown from Back to the Future with a Scottish brogue mixed in. Never fail to be kind. Oh, and you mustn't tell anyone your name. Which actually is funny that he, they say that in this episode. He says, you must never, as he's talking to the doctor he's about to regenerate into, never tell anyone your name. But the thing is, he did tell someone his name in the episode with, oh, what? Now I got Rose McGowan in my head. Oswald. Oz, her name is Oswald. And she's like the helper. She's like a huge fan. Uh, they kind of play on the whole... Doctor Who fanboy thing in this case a fangirl and she's into the doctor and she wears uh, dresses clothes women's clothes that are inspired by the doctor's clothes from the past his uh, you know he the doctor has been what now 14 different they say 13 but don't forget the John Hurt doctor where he was the war doctor they, they've all had different costumes and actually the one um, Patrick is it Patrick McEwen? I'm the names of the, all the doctors are not coming to me at the uh, Pat Mc, Paul McGon Paul McGon he had a two different types of outfits he wore he was a particular look that he had in the movie that they made in the 90s that aired on Fox and apparently had horrible ratings in the U.S. And it was this movie that takes place in San Francisco on New Year's Eve, fittingly enough, as we just got through a New Year's Eve here in the Bay Area. And he had this specific look and he had this big curly mop of hair on his head, kind of like the Tom Baker years. And he had this look, but then Stephen Moffat wanted to wrap up and explain how he turns into the war doctor who then eventually would turn into Peter Eccleston. I might be screwing someone's name up along the way here. This is off the top of my head. But uh, he, they did a special on YouTube only. Well, I guess also on the BBC's website only uh, explanation of what happens. It's about 10 minutes long. And it talks about how he's trying to help someone who's in a spaceship that's crashing. And she doesn't want his help because she didn't like him and they crashed the spaceship. And so now he's about to regenerate because he's mortally wounded and he's going to regenerate into John Hurt. And uh, in that episode, the doctor had a different look. And then he, which he then turned into the war doctor. Okay, all that to say that he says he doesn't like pears. 
And that he didn't say his name. Oh, except when he's talked to Oswald. Not Clara Oswald. Wait a minute. Osgood. There. It was Osgood. All these Oz's. Clara Osgood. Played uh, by... Um, Dad, now none of the names are coming. Clara Oswald was the. Now I've really gone into the thickets here. So, uh, Clara Oswald returned in this last episode as well, and you could tell it was basically done over Skype. The actress that plays her, hey, I'm I'm a big star now. I don't need to be back on Doctor Who. So she just did this quick little thing and. They put it into the episode. But Osgood asked the doctor what his name is, and he said Basil. Which all comes back around to my dog. That's all I was saying. <laughs> so, the doctor was... Uh, why can I not think of... Anyway, when, when she returned again... Hello. Yeah, she said. You stupid old man. Go back. You're in my head. Yeah, that was lame. All right. So that's pretty much what's going on in the world today. And why I watched that, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I canceled my Netflix. That's why. That and I'm a, I'm a Doctor Who fan. Not every episode. Some, some of them were... Wow. A lot of what what just happened, and that was a waste of time. A bomb cyclone is to blast the east coast ahead of a polar vortex, apparently. It is so cold. And the podcast picture was meant to warm you up. Those are from warmer days, but... A monster storm will hammer coastal locations from Georgia to Maine with ice and snow. By Thursday, the exploding storm will in many ways resemble a winter hurricane, battering easternmost New England with potentially damaging winds in addition to blinding snow. Yikes. Um, And then a Canadian was freed from the Taliban, charged with sexual assault, Joshua Boyle, the Canadian man who was freed in the fall along with his family after five years of captivity from a Taliban-linked group has been charged with several crimes, including sexual assault. He's facing 15 charges in all. This, uh, just, yeah. And then, that was my transition into this other story. The nuclear button explained. There is no button. This according to the New York Times They're having their their button off Trump Kim Jong-un saying that he's always has He always has access to the nuclear button And Trump saying Well my button's bigger than yours Uh yes William Sapphire The former New York Times columnist and presidential speech writer Tracked the origin of the phrase Finger on the button To panic buttons Found in the World War II era Bombers A pilot could ring a bell To signal that other crew members Should jump from the plane Because it had been damaged extensively But the buttons were often Triggered prematurely Or unnecessarily by jittery pilots The expression is commonly used To mean ready to launch an atomic war But the writer added 
that it is also a scare phrase used in attacking candidates during presidential elections, as in President Lyndon Johnson told Barry Goldwater, his Republican opponent in 1964, that a leader must do anything that is honorable to avoid pulling that trigger, mashing that button that will blow up the world. Richard Nixon told advisors during the Vietnam War that he wanted the North Vietnamese to believe that he was an unpredictable madman who could not be restrained when he's angry and he has his hand on the nuclear button. And during the 2016 presidential election, Hillary Clinton said of her opponent, Trump, that he shouldn't have his finger on the button or his hands on our economy. And oh, what is going on? After the Mueller investigation continues, that guy Papanopoulos, apparently everybody in the Trump campaign is going, yeah, he was just a coffee guy. But there's all these emails to people higher up in the Trump campaign. And Papanopoulos told an Australian diplomat as they were drinking wine at like a little stupid wine bar in D.C. Hey, he said to the Australian diplomat, hey, you know that like... That Russia Wants to get in touch with me Basically dropped Information that Russia Had been contacting him And had been trying to get Trump to Well and oh the, no it was that, that Russia had Dirt on Hillary But I just want to set the record straight Hmm Well I'm really rich That's all I have from Trump at the moment So each nuclear capable country has its own system for launching a strike, but most rely on the head of government first confirming his or her identity and then authorizing attacks, uh, the attack. But despite Mr. Trump's tweet that he has a much bigger and more powerful button than Mr. Kim, the fact is there is no button. There is, however, a football, except the football is actually a briefcase. The 45-pound briefcase known as the nuclear football accompanies the president wherever he goes. It is carried at all times by one of five military aides representing each branch of the United States Armed Forces. See, that's how that works. Inside the case is an instructional guide to carrying out a strike, including a list of locations that could be targeted by the 900 nuclear weapons that make up the American arsenal. The case also includes a radio transceiver and code authenticators. To authorize the attack, the president must first verify his identity by providing a code he is, uh, he is supposed to carry on him at all times. The code, often described as a card, is nicknamed the biscuit. In his 2010 autobiography, General Henry Shelton, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff during the final years of Bill Clinton's presidency, wrote that Mr. Clinton had lost the biscuit for several months without informing anyone. The president does not need approval from anyone else, including Congress or the military, to authorize a strike, a decision that might have to be made at a moment's notice. Nonetheless, some politicians have called for more layers of approval. The longer I'm in Senate, the more I fear for a major error that somebody makes, said Dianne Feinstein. One man, the president, is responsible. He makes an error, and who knows, it's Armageddon. Now, Kim Jong-un, however, uh, the, the nuclear program is shrouded in mystery, it says here in this New York Times article. All right, how about some uplifting tech news, huh? Uh... Oh, I don't care about how I'm supposed to get my $20 Apple iPhone battery replacement. 
Samsung is making a next speaker that might not annoy everyone else. <laughs> oh, that's a good piece of news. Samsung wants people to be able to listen to music or watch videos while still being able to hear the world around them. That's not a bad idea. I see people all the time when I'm walking Basil the Boxer on the trails and they've got their thing on, their little headphones on. And, you know, they, they need to pay attention is what I'm saying. The Highlights is a product line called S-Ray, short for Sound Ray, that's composed of three different speakers that are supposed to act almost like headphones playing music so that only a single person can hear it. Hmm. As we go outside a cafe anyway, we're bringing Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcastro Valley. Next show, it will be Benita, the disgruntled fiddle player, and the brewmaster. Oh, someone I work with gave me the complete season, all the episodes of this weird Star Trek spinoff called Star Trek Continues that I never heard of, where like the cast of the original Star Trek gets played by younger people. I don't know. It, that's what he explained to me. I, I haven't watched it yet. I will watch it and get back to you because that's what I do. But happy day after Basil's adoption day. Enjoy this day. Hopefully nothing bad happens. It's all good for you and, and, and good things and wide open trails where you can hear everything around you and enjoy the world and not be lamp, just, you know, barraging your ears with Jay-Z. Jenna Coleman plays Clara Oswald. That freaking just popped into my head. Thank you, brain, for finally working. It's very early. It's 5.48 and I gotta go. Enjoy your day. Next show. Oh, I already said that. Next show, I may be a little bit more... Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.